Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 86 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk to Leslie Cohen, the current world record holder for marathoning in her age group. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and hey ryan hi letty aloha should i say oh pre-recording for a (laughs) post-release after we get back from hawaii Yes, we got to uh, think ahead and make sure that we have our weekly podcast up. We're Ryan and Letty. We do a weekly running podcast religiously. Well, They're not, not about religion, based. but we do it religiously <laughs> so that we have it out every Monday. And by the time this podcast airs, we will be still on Honolulu. So instead of taking all the equipment with me, we decided we're going to pre-record it, especially because this is the episode where we're going to focus on Leslie Cohen, who is a world record holder. And uh, how did you like Hawaii? I don't know yet, <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to say aloha, and hopefully at this time I will be holding a mai tai. Did you get any running done on your trip? I hope to be joining a running group that I've scouted out on the internet that does uh, these weekend long runs and stuff like that. And I just feel like, you know, meeting runners while on vacation is kind of amazing. I actually hope to join a paddle, stand-up paddleboard group. So that's actually interesting, though. You could give that as a tip, is like if you're traveling somewhere, is look up your look up for local community groups, like running groups and stuff, because a lot of them are receptive and just allow you to come in and, and do a run or two while you're on vacation. You don't have to like long-term join a lot of these and, and be kind of fun. Yeah. And that's exactly what I guess we're both doing. So I'm not sure how much we'll be seeing each other during <laughs> this vacation. <laughs> Who's watching our kids? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll let you know next week how this whole vacation thing went and whether we met some cool runners that we can give shout outs to. Or not. I'm hopeful that we'll have a great vacation and maybe meet some cool people from the running community. And I guess for you, paddleboarding community, maybe we'll come back and vacation there some more. Yeah, I'm excited. Yes. So that's the goal. And for today's podcast, we have a recording with a friend of mine. Her name is Leslie Cohen, and I'm very proud to call her my friend. She's a fellow attorney from Santa Monica. She just got awarded the world record for the marathon for her age group, which was at her marathon in London. They have the Wanda World Championships every year, which she got invited to. And there she goes. And um, hopefully she'll be doing it again this year. I know she pre-qualified, so it's super exciting. It is exciting. It is cool that you're not always competing with 
20-year-olds that may be extremely fast as you get older that you can still win awards. And it's relative, relevant because it's on fair playing ground, people your same age, I guess. So tell me more, Letty. So the way it works is basically once you are 40 years of age, you can track your marathons on their website and you compete with other people in your age group. And if you're good enough, then you can sign up for these races and compete in the world championships. Nice. I guess, you know, the the key to all of this is just to stay healthy and keep running. So either run fast or run for a long period of time and either way you're going to win rewards. Yeah, but you know what? I think that's also going to change because remember I used to say I'm going to age into Boston and then by the time I was 10 years older after saying that, my Boston qualifying time was still the same because they had lowered it because the field is just getting bigger and bigger with more and more runners, which is beautiful, but you know, more competitive. I wonder if people will fake their age. I'm sure some probably do. I knew of some ladies. I'm not going to say any names. It's amazing the amount of cheating that goes on. I mean, not every, obviously there's most people do it legitimately, but you know, some of these things like I was watching like people cheating to get into to qualify for marathons or just get a good marathon time. Like I forget it was when was it, a couple years ago we were looking at it. And heck, why? <laughs> it's amazing. I, mean, I guess just want to see, I, I don't know, want to feel that sense of accomplishment, but it's not really, a, you're not really accomplishing anything if you're cheating. I don't know. And the thing is that I think the way they try to cheat is by a course cutting, by either yeah. cutting off some miles or doing things of that nature. And they know that they're wearing a bib and that there are certain mats that they cross that will register your bib. So they'll finish, but they're missing these checkpoints. And I think there's only so many that you can blame on a faulty system. And even then, you know, it's prevalent enough that the marathon organizers have gotten wise to and can seek out people that are cheating, even if they don't miss one of the uh, markers because if the time between the markers is too short they can and all the rest of them are not then they can suspect cheating that way but like why would they even have to do that you know it's not like these people are going for a money monetary prize mostly it's for something simple so anyway don't cheat it's not worth it enough about cheating Probably wise. Leslie didn't cheat and she's awesome. So are you ready for my conversation with her? Yeah, that was completely irrelevant to the <laughs> to today's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Wasn't trying to apply anything. All right. Without any further ado, I'm now going to play the interview with Leslie. All right. So I'm here with Leslie Cohen. Leslie, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh-huh. I'm always honored to uh, spend time with you. Of course. And we have you on today because, well, first of all, congratulations, because you won the World Major Wanda Age Group World Championships. And so we want to kind of roll into that. But before we do that, I would like for you to tell our listeners who you are, where you're from, and how you started running. Thank you so much. And thanks for the congratulations. It's a really great year. Um, So I'm a um, just a mother of three grown daughters. I'm an attorney. I have my own practice here in Santa Monica. I've lived in Santa Monica area since I was 16 with just four years in San Diego for college and then back to UCLA for law school. So lived in LA for a long time. And I have a uh, running club here in LA that's called Team LCL. 
the reason we call it that is that LCL is my company. That's my uh, quote unquote corporate sponsor. It's kind of fun. And, um, and uh, so we have about 500 members in that club. We do races together kind of all over the world, more locally, but sometimes in other places. Uh, I've completed the six world marathon majors. And uh, I just did this year, the Boston, London, and New York uh, trifecta. So that was a lot of fun and podium in all three. So that was a big thrill. And I guess you wanted to hear how I started running. So um, when I grew up in, in New York, before I moved here, we went to Hebrew school. We went to ballet. We went to piano lessons. We just, sports was just not even in scope. It was not, it had no relevance in my life. We didn't watch football on the weekends. It was just a completely a no sports kind of a lifestyle. Of course, going to Hebrew school three times a week, didn't leave much time to do much else anyway. Anyway, um, so I started running some when I first got married, um, just casually. And then when I got divorced in 2004, um, I found that running was a really nice stress reliever. So I started doing some of the local 5Ks. And at the time we had the, there was one called the St. Monica's race. And we had the Brentwood run and these local races that had been around forever. And I started doing pretty well in them. So I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, like a little medal. Back then they didn't give finisher medals, but I would get like a age group medal. And I thought, well, that's really cool. So I got more and more into it. And then in 2006, when I turned 50, I decided to get serious. I uh, hired a coach and um, just started really um, getting more into the competition aspect of it. I started my team, Team LCL. In 2009, the point of that was to get my kids running. That was the uh, the genesis of it, because um, I thought it'd be, be good for kids. They were in the eighth grade, so I'd have all their friends come over every Wednesday, and I would take them on a three mile run, and then I would give, give them chocolate chip cookies afterwards that I baked for them because that's my other hobby besides running is baking. Um, so it kind of became this little community of its own. And the really cool thing is that I trained 18 kids. And all 18 of them got onto the um, cross-country team for Santa Monica High School. So that was kind of cool. So it was kind of a family thing and then a competition thing. And then I did my first marathon in 2006, crashed and burned, unprepared. I did finish in 420, but it, it was ugly. And uh, I didn't do another, that was 2006. I didn't do another full marathon until 2013. And then I started training and um, kind of the, uh, the rest is the story that you pretty much have seen. So that's kind of the backstory. That's really cool. I didn't know um, the details of your running club and why you had started it. So then 2006 rolled around. Which one was your first marathon? It was the San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon, 2006. My longest run prior to that in training was like 13, 14 miles. And I thought, oh, yeah, I can do that. I made that mistake where, you know, you, you go out and... 8.30 pace feels pretty comfortable. It's what you're used to training at. And you think, yeah, I can do this for a while. And most people can, um, but not forever. So I actually made it to about mile 23 and then I fell apart. I injured my IT band and I did the kind of like a walk 10 steps, jog 10 steps for the last three and a half miles of the race. And then I couldn't run for months after that. I started cycling because I just, I was too injured. Um, so that was the story. And then um, my boyfriend at the time said, you're not a marathoner, you're a 5k person, you should be doing the shorter distances. So I listened to him until we broke up. And then after we broke <laughs> up 2012, I was like, okay, I can train for a marathon. And then I trained for LA. And like I say, the rest, you kind of know the story from there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's crazy. So from uh, 
crashing and burning to world champion. Can you tell us a little bit about this world championship so our listeners that don't know about it can know how it works? Thank you. I would love to. It, it's so exciting. So uh, the six world marathon majors are sponsored by Abbott. Most of your listeners probably know that. So in 2019, Abbott announced that they were going to do something separate, which is they were going to have an age group world championship event. And that is for ages 40 and up only. And they would pick a certain number of people in each age division. And how you qualify for that is they would count your two best races and it had, they had to be qualifying races. And um, you had, so in like in the 60 to 64, which I was at the time, they would pick 20 women and 20 men worldwide. Now I'm in the 65 to 69. Now it's 10 and 10, but for the younger ages, it's a bit more. So it kind of shrinks down as you go up in ages. But anyway, you had to do two qualifying races or more. They would count your best two. And the two things they count is how, how uh, high up you are in your division. So if you're first, you get more points, obviously. And then second, what your time is uh, relative to other people that are ahead of you, if you're not first. And then third, um, if you're, if you qualify, in a race that isn't one of the six majors, then you have to achieve a certain standard. So it's a whole big formula. But anyway, I was accepted for it in the fall of 2019, thinking we would have it in 2020. And it was held as part of the London Marathon. So all of us were invited to come to the London Marathon, which is so hard to get accepted for because the lottery takes very few people um, or very few, very small percentage of applicants. So it was just a way to run the London Marathon, which was super exciting. And then, of course, it got pushed from April 2020 to October 2020 and then all the way to October 2021. So by then I had aged up. So I was in a different uh, category, but we finally got to do it and run in the London Marathon. So London Marathon has three different um, start areas. And I, I assume it was deliberate, but I don't really know. All of us in the competition, in the age group championship competition, um, we're all in the same area. And we all had a sign on our back that had our name and our age division. So as you're running in the race, you see all these people with the signs on their back and you know, so I'm start out, I'm passing 70 to 74 and then catching up the 65 to 69 and so on all the way. And I, I kind of finished with the 40 to 44. So it was really, really exciting. And the funny thing was that when I finished, I had no idea that I had won the championship. I just figured that the faster people were just ahead of me because you don't all start together, especially they had a rolling start. So, so I had no idea. I was happy with my time. I was really tired. I didn't feel great. And, um, and then when I got back to the hotel, I, for some reason thought I was second. And then my friend, one of my friends here in LA started texting saying, you won the London marathon. I was like, what? So it was really exciting. And they had a lot of um, events around this championship. They had a, a reception on the Friday night. And then on the Sunday, they had, um, after the race was on Sunday, that evening, they had a reception at, um, you know, kind of in a ball ballroom. And we got like a little award. And Jeannie Rice was there. Shalane Flanagan was there. Lots of great people to meet. So it was a lot of the fun. It was, it was cool to win. But also a lot of the fun was to meet so many incredible runners from around the world, people that I only knew from Facebook, people that didn't even know I existed at all, like Jeannie Rice. She is awesome. So I marched up to her and I'm like, excuse me, my name's Leslie Cohen. I follow you on Strava and you are amazing. And she was so nice. We hung out a while and 
I got a picture with her and a picture with Shalane. So that's pretty much how it worked. And now the cool thing was that winning both, um, it started, now I have New York too, but by the time I had won Santa Rosa and uh, London, I had the maximum points. So I'm definitely in the championship for next year. So very excited. And it's going to be in London again. Wow, Leslie, congratulations. I mean, that, that whole story is just so amazing. And I'm kind of shocked, though, that they didn't have that announcement that you had won at the finish line, you know, just Nothing. some little extra banner or anything, because I know they have the computers where they read the tips of right. the people that are finishing. Right. But I guess you really can't do that with a rolling start because you don't know when somebody starts. Right. Exactly. And New York uh, for that one because it's such a large event and the start times go so late, we didn't find out until almost 11 o'clock at night. So. Wow. So, <laughs> you yeah, got to be on your toes. There's oh no my gosh. We were at dinner and I was just like, and our, even our waiter was getting all excited about the whole thing. We were at Carbone and um, he was like, well, you'll have to message me. I'm like, no, we are not leaving this restaurant until <laughs> we have the answer. So that was cool. That's so awesome. So then, uh, okay, so then you're saying, just to backtrack a little bit, you knew you're doing well with your 5Ks. When did you realize once you started marathoning that you were in it for the competition and not just running? Because I know that if you're a regular runner, normally you just kind of compete against yourself. But I feel like the fact that you knew you're going to be placing an age group kind of makes you maybe go a little bit faster in addition to you know being more strict with your own training. It, I mean, I definitely have gotten more into the competition side of it. I would say that it probably started when I did my, I did the rock and roll. I told you it was a disaster. But then when I did LA the first time in 2013, I wanted to break four hours and I had lots of friends out there and, and uh, several people running me into the finish. And one of my kids who of course was on my famous running team, <laughs> right? She, my daughter, Rachel, uh, as we crossed the line, she said, you made it under four hours. And I was like 359, 58, something like that. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Then I met, um, you know, Eob, right? Yeah, you know him. So I was on a run with him and somehow he ended up introducing me to Kyla and Crystal. And we connected through Facebook and started training together. Crystal and I were both doing New York and Kyla, I think, was doing L.A. And we started training together. And I have such a memory. And I always give Kyla credit for this, that. We're running along near Doc Weiler on that path there, you know, just where it is. And she said, Leslie, I think you could do a lot better than four hours. And so I was like, well, maybe. And then I ran New York that fall and I, uh, and I ran 346. So it was a, like a almost 14 minute PR. So then I thought, okay, I can do this. And I think it was really New York that got me more started with, with being more competitive because 346, I thought was a, a pretty solid time. And the way I had been accepted to New York was because I had done a half marathon there in 2012. And I guess I won my age division. So I got an invitation for the guaranteed entry to New York. So I thought, well, if I'm good enough to get a guaranteed entry, then maybe I'll be okay. But I never really set out to win any of these. I ultimately set a goal when I started off doing the majors, which was in, I think, 2016, when I did London the first time, I set a goal to make top 10 in my age division. I had gotten second in LA once or twice. So I thought, okay, that's LA though. It's not nearly as competitive and Boston, it's out of the question. So I thought if I can get top 10 in all of them, except for Boston, that's pretty good. And then I did that in all of them, except for Boston, but in Boston, I did make in 2019 15th 
which is you get a prize all the way down to 15th in Boston because it's so competitive. So, but then this year, when I, I knew it was going to be harder to get into the championship going forward because, and, and I had, LA is no longer a qualifier race. So I had qualified in part with LA and also in New York, I had a fourth. So I did the Santa Rosa marathon kind of strategically hoping that I would be able to place. And then that, that worked out. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of, so I got the Santa Rosa and then I had the first place in London, which was just so shocking and then I got the second place in Boston and then the first place in New York. And so then I was like, well, maybe it's not a fluke. And so <laughs> now I'm like, okay, well, I, I mean, I, I just, I never set out to do this. I just never thought it was in scope for me. And, um, you know, I was happy with my top 10 goal, but now of course I want to go back. I want to go to Tokyo, see what I can do there. Berlin is so competitive. I've looked at the times. They're way faster than me. So I don't know. I have to get faster to do Berlin competitively. And then uh, Chicago. So. Wow. That that's so fun. amazing, though. I mean, just to look at it from that aspect of age group and seeing what place you are, I think that could help any of us at any age try to do a little bit better just to have that in mind. Because obviously, when we set out to run a marathon, we're not trying to win it. But if we make sure to check our age groups, then maybe that's another little bit of fire. <laughs> it helps a lot. And, and age grading is great. It makes people like me feel a lot better because I look at my age graded time and it looks, it looks really good. Who knows if it's true? I don't know, but it makes me feel good anyway. And I also kind of go with Jeannie Rice's theory, which is it's just a number anyway. You know, we don't care how old we are as long as we can have some fun with it. Yes. So. Amen to that. Yeah. So for people that want to kind of um, know how you do it all, can you maybe tell us a little bit about what your week looks like, how many miles you run and how many days you rest? Sure. Uh, so I run usually about 50 miles a week, maybe a little less when I'm in recovery and a little bit more when I'm in the peak of marathon training. So Monday is kind of recovery, five, six miles. Tuesday, usually hills. Wednesday, uh, is going to be Wednesday or Thursday. One or the other will be a little bit of pickup, something right now. I'm kind of being lazy, not doing any of that really just kind of running uh, Thursday, uh, th Wednesday and Thursday usually be, like I say, one of those days might have some pickups and then Friday rest. And then Saturday and Sunday are long. One will be long, long and the other will be a minimum eight miles. I always feel like on a weekend day, I need at least eight miles just to feel like I, I did the right thing. But, but I love the long runs in marathon training. We're not really doing them now. We'll start up again, I guess, pretty soon for LA. But those long runs, when you go out with a group of people and you just talk for three, four hours while you're out there, those are, those are the best. Those are the best times. So I really always look forward to that and really enjoy it and gotten to know people really well on those miles and sharing life stories and life problems and life excitement. So, but, but yeah, so total. So usually like on the weekend, it's going to be, at least probably 20 miles on the weekend and then the others across the week. That's awesome. That's still a lot of miles though, 50. Yeah, it's a lot. But so no injuries for you this far, except for the hammy issue or IT band that you had before? I've been pretty lucky. I got a tibial stress injury in 2017. I did uh, three marathons over seven weeks, which honestly compared to this year, that was nothing, but I guess I'm tougher now. Um, But I got a, a tibial stress injury after I did the three marathons and then I ran a half marathon and I was pretty happy with my run. And after that, I, I couldn't move. 
I mean, literally Rob had to pick me up to put me in the car. It was crazy. And I couldn't walk for weeks. Um, and then it ultimately just rest is the only thing for it. So, uh, so I had that. Um, other than that, just little stuff here and there, I would say I had also shoulder injury in 2017, but that one, the thing about the shoulder is that the best thing for it was running. So it made me want to run more. Um, because it seemed like maybe blood flow or something like that. But I would say between the IT and the tibial stress is probably it. The good thing about the tibial stress injury is that I started biking because I couldn't, I really couldn't run. I really couldn't even walk for the first couple of weeks. But um, I got to know my spin instructor really well, Mikey. He became a very, very dear friend. And uh, so a lot of people came out of the woodwork. My friend Anton would come and pick me up at the house and drive me down to the spin class. So it opened up a whole other world of people that I probably never would have met. And now I have a Peloton. I do my biking most days. And so that's kind of cool. That's what I was going to ask you next. So besides running, you also do biking on the days you run? Usually about four days a week. Then I'll bike Monday through Thursday. I'll do the Peloton 20, 30 minutes. I, I am like, I don't know. Do you, do you have a Peloton? I don't. So they have like a leaderboard. I am in the bottom 10% on every single ride on Peloton. I just... Something there's something wrong with my bike. I think there's something wrong with me. I'm just not great at it, but it's still fun. The classes are a lot of fun. And so I do that usually Monday through Thursday. And then when I remember, I do stretching five minutes and then a little bit of core, just like two minutes is all I can handle. So yeah. that's it. And then acupuncture every week to uh, at the Universal Family Wellness Clinic, my dear friend, Brooke. Um, and she's, she's, I really give her a lot of the credit of keeping me in shape uh, for, uh, for the, for the years I've been seeing her for 11 years. So to all the years of training, she's, she's kept me like, I'll come in and she'll be okay. What's it today? I'm like, you know, the left knee feels a little weird. So she put needles in the knee and cupping and stuff. So I think that helps a lot too, but I guess I've also been pretty lucky. I mean, yeah, but you've, you've got kind of got this wellness routine figured out. So, um, so with that, how many hours a night do you sleep? I shoot for seven. I shoot for seven. I don't always make it. My natural pattern is more six and a half. Um, but then what that means is I'll fall asleep if I try to watch TV at night. So I think somehow across the day, I'll find, uh, I'll find seven. I try for seven. Yeah. And then you're still working full-time as well with your practice, yeah. right? I work full-time. So I have my firm in Santa Monica. You can see my little firm uh, background here. Yes. And um, my office is right by the Third Street Promenade. So it's a, it's a fun place to work, but we're still right now with COVID still mostly working from home. So, but I do both and yeah, full-time all my life since I was 24 years old. So I'm working a lot longer than running. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you got, obviously something's working here, right? Yeah, it works. And then I love my work and we really, especially live since I opened my own firm 13 years ago, we're kind of in the outback in Santa Monica. We're very independent and we can really help our clients. And it's, it is a privilege to work with the people that we work with. I, I love them. And, and uh, we've, we've saved a lot of people. So it's yeah, a lot of fun. That's well, you're cool. an attorney, so you know. Yep, it helps. It definitely helps. But it's also nice to have that running as an outlet. Yeah. Well, when you get stressed out. And it's funny, I was talking about running with groups and stuff. So I did a trial a little over a year ago. And that was pretty much deepest COVID. So the only time we really saw friends was running. And we'd have like the maximum size group was only four people because you didn't want to get out people's germs and stuff. And that was our main, you know, the ones that I call my OGs, that's Mallory, Susie and Christy. And um, they, I mean, every day I talk to them about this trial and the evidence and the witnesses and the arguments, and they actually were kind enough to listen to me. <laughs> Two out of three of them are lawyers too. So that helped. 
and um, and we did win the trial, which was very exciting. And and I just I, I felt like that the running with them and the conversations with them contributed so much to the result. I think you know hopefully we would have won anyway, but I'll never need to know that. So they were great. No, I mean that's the thing, you know, with running and being able to talk things through. It's it's like they say, you know, the you make your you become the best at what you're doing is by being a teacher, by teaching other people, talking about how something is done. You really get a great benefit for it yourself. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I was always forever grateful to them for helping me get through that. That's awesome. So, what about your nutrition? What is uh, your diet? Are you vegan, vegetarian, or anything like that? My pre race. Dinner is typically a burger and fries and maybe a little salad and dessert. Um, I'm a confirmed sugarholic, especially chocolate. So I'm my, always my, my challenge is to get in enough healthy food. Um, but I, but I try, but I'm not vegan or anything like that. I just, um, I just try to eat healthy as much protein as I can manage. The veggies are easy in Southern California. Everything's so fresh. So We get lots of, uh, we have lots of great fresh veggies, but oatmeal before every run and after a little bit before a bigger bowl after every time a little peanut butter. Um, and, uh, for the racing always, so the night before the race, I was to meet a burger and then, uh, the morning of the race, always oatmeal. And then it depends a lot on when the, um, when the race starts, if it's starting later, then you need to bring a lot of snacks, obviously to start because you're going to be crossing over both breakfast and lunchtime. So I usually bring, you know, a cinnamon roll or a donut. I'm just the worst. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, I do have like, I have my little box of donuts here from our donut run over the weekend. Um, so, but, but I, I, I try with my nutrition. I'm, I make a good faith effort and I'm, I'm pretty good. And I, I guess I, I run enough that I can get away with eating a lot of sweets. So I guess I just, just, and as I said, my other hobby is baking. So since I'm always baking, I'll have to try something. So, in addition to the sidecar donuts I just so, showed you, I have a plate here of jelly donuts that I made for Hanukkah. So there's always sweet stuff in my house. Wow. That's kind of shocking because you're pretty lean and fit. I wouldn't have thought that, you know, I thought your diet would have been a lot stricter. <laughs> yeah, no, I am not strict at all. Wetzel's pretzels at the basketball game. I'm the worst. So, I mean, as long as everything's in moderation, it seems to be working. It works. It works. Yeah. So then let's talk about the next year or years. I guess you've kind of alluded to it already. You're going to do the LA Marathon next year. Right. LA and Boston. And then um, I have a bunch of halves across the year and then I'll go back to full in the fall. I might do Santa Rosa again just because it's such a fun event, but I don't really need it in my schedule. So we'll see. And then um, I did sign up for Berlin yesterday. So Berlin and London are a week apart. <coughs> That's nothing new for you. <laughs> so I guess I'll do both. I don't have to do both, but, but like I said, you know, I'd like to compete in Berlin and that's my favorite course of all the marathons. I think Berlin is the best course. So Berlin and London and then New York always, that's the one I always do. And then do I do CIM because I had so much FOMO yesterday with everybody up at CIM People do well now. And I even, I met a couple of ladies when I was in Palo Alto. I was just running by myself and I met these two ladies and asked if I could just run with them. And they, they were super nice. And um, they were saying that I should run CIM because it's such a great course and people really love it. So yesterday I was 
super excited because all my friends did really, really well. And I also did have some FOMO. So everyone's like, you have to go next year. So then I could presumably do Santa Rosa, Berlin, London, New York, and CIM. That's five. I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know if I'll really do five. I'm sure you will. I'm sure I'll be following you on Facebook. uh... (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. And I'm going to do the Ventura Marathon, the half in, uh, in February. You should come out for that. That's a nice one. They have a full also. That's a really nice event. And uh, it's a nice course. It's kind of like a gently downhill course. And, and uh, so it's good. I mean, you, you can be cute anyway, so you don't need it for that. But it's, it's a really nice event. And they always have fresh cut pineapple at the end, which I always like. Oh, that's awesome. And it's nice. That, that's a really good one. And I'm going to do the hot chocolate 15K as a fun run, hopefully with my daughter, Rachel. And uh, now once Phoebe starts running again, she's just got started up again. She's the one I'm doing the 50 states thing with. So I think she's, she'll be ready soon enough to get back into her half marathon. So then we'll start doing some all over the country again. So wait, hold on that one. You're doing 50 states. So are you doing half marathons or half, full marathons? Yeah, with Phoebe. We've done 13. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really fun. We did 13 of them. And then her last one was in Delaware two years ago, this, this weekend, this past weekend. And she ran a great race, but she got a tibial injury, very similar to what I had gotten a couple of years earlier. But hers would not quit. She had over two years and uh, she's finally just starting to run 5Ks now. So she's getting back in the group, which is very exciting. So that means I have an exciting year ahead because once she can do halves again, we'll be all over the place. Probably she's on the East Coast now. So we'll probably do some things like in Virginia and D.C. and see what we can find. That's so awesome that you get your daughters into running. And, and I guess it all started with that running club that you founded back then. Exactly. Exactly. So wow. fun. That's so cool. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for uh, talking with us. And um, if any of our runners want to follow you, can you tell us about your online presence? Uh, Yes. My uh, Facebook is, we have mine, which is Leslie Cohen 54, because it's a common name. And then we have the team LCL, which everyone is invited to join. It is free. We have lots of group stuff. I usually get discounts for people for races and you get a shirt and all that stuff. I don't know if you have a shirt yet, but I'll give you one. And uh so that's kind of fun. And then um, my Instagram, I have uh, Leslie Cohen 127. And then I have a running devoted Instagram that's called um, uh, 310K, named after my 5K fundraiser. And then I have my baking one, which is called Leslie's Good Time. So it's like a lot of material, but <laughs> 310K for people who want to see about running. That's mostly on there or my personal Leslie Cohen 127. And I haven't checked out the baking one, so I got to gotta go do that. Yeah. The jelly donuts are on there. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. Well, thank you, Leslie, so much. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. You are awesome. It's such a treat to spend the time with you. So thank you so much. And I will see you soon. Thank you, Leslie, for coming on and speaking with me. It's always a pleasure. And I hope to be running with you in Los Angeles whenever we go back. And that's it for today. Just a quick reminder, if you want to join our awesome running club, it's a virtual online running club. We're called the Speed Striders. We're on Facebook. We're doing a lot of challenges and you name it. It's a super fun group. Go check it out. And until next time. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.